If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Nico, it might seem silly. It might seem strange, but it just doesn't feel right to have it be Super Bowl weekend and my team's not playing in it. I feel oh, robbed. I, I feel like forever. there's nothing to look forward to on Sunday, and I'm sad about it. I, I really am. It sucks. I'm, I'm heartbroken, Nico. I think I think it's a lot uh, easier watching the football game, is all I'll tell you, when your team's oh, yeah. not in the oh, game. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, – we, we were kind of talking a little bit upstairs, by the way, far end of the bench, episode 126 presented by Variety Sports Network, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant here. Uh, last year when we were having our Super Bowl party, which I, I'm adamant, I did not ask for. That was not my intention. I wanted to watch this thing in a dark hole in my basement, but we had the party. My little one-and-a-half-year-old, two-year-old uh, cousin at that time is uh, messing around with our TV signal receiver. And accidentally unplugs it. It was like right as the Bengals took the lead. So it was at the highest point of the game. I'm celebrating. All of a sudden, screen cuts out. Like, what the? And then we look all over in the corner, and there's a little, little baby with the, with the plug in his hand. Like, what? It's like, okay, okay. Well, give me that. Yeah, plug that back in. And you go all the way over. You don't ever touch that again because that was almost the worst thing that could have happened. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to watch the rest of this on my phone. Maybe, maybe the kid was the reason why he lost. There you go. You can put the blame on something. <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily want to put the blame on, on him. He's a little young and didn't actually know, didn't ha- understand the heartbreak, didn't understand what he was gonna have to put me through. Um, but anyways, yes. Be sure if you're a new listener to this podcast, we say it every week, but you should follow at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching us on YouTube. Hit the like button. Leave a comment in the video, and then also make sure you hit the subscribe button and tell your friends to do the same. Uh, we will be having one live show a month. We we had the live reaction shows during the playoffs. Well, uh, after this week, because this is going to be just a, a dedicated Super Bowl episode, Nico's got a pack for a, a work trip, and I got plenty of homework and grading that I need to do. So we're just going to get a, a quick little Super Bowl 57 preview in here for you guys. And um, we will hopefully be doing live reaction shows after the Avalanche playoff games. Hopefully they make it. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. And uh, we'll have finally some games back because everybody was at their all-star break. I know that the NHL all-star break was over this weekend. Uh, I guess, do you want to touch a little bit on the pro? Did you watch the Pro Bowl games? I, I you were tweeting a little bit throughout. That was a joke. I wasn't tweeting. I, about the game. I didn't hate it as much as I hated the last three years. Before. I didn't watch it at all. Okay. Here's the thing. It was it was more entertaining, but yes, it, yes. it was a field day for, for so for elementary school kids probably enjoyed the hell out of it. For a guy for a guy that that, that watches football the way we, we the way we do, yeah, I could could have cared less. Uh, I, I mean, look, it, it it was basically a five football game the last three or four years, however many times it's been. So at least you're just no longer hitting people. But then again, you had a hit on Tyree Kill that almost knocked him out of the game. Um, I, I don't know. I. I Look, I, I could care less. I, I really do at this point. I'm only I'm only I'm only entertained nowadays by All-Star games, by the home run derby, by the dunk contest if it's a good one, the three point contest, and, and that's about it. Maybe the fastest skater. There isn't really anything in the NFL gives me anymore that I'm like, oh I gotta watch this. It used to be the, the precision passer, and then I saw Derek Carr walk out there with an NFL uh, uh, league cap because the Raiders don't want him anymore. So, so I, I, I look, it was Tyler Huntley, Derek Carr, and, and Jared Goff 
in the game. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna pass on that, please. I, I'll go I'm ahead gonna... and just dive deep into Yellowstone and, and watching my show instead of do the, instead of watching that BS. Here's what I'm gonna say, and I don't think you're alone in this take. I don't think that a lot of people were giving this thing a chance because of what it has been for the last couple of years, which I understand because it's been awful. It, it was god awful. It wasn't necessarily a football game like I would would have liked to see, but it was competitive. They were actually playing it harder for the winning team because they got an extra $42,000, which doesn't necessarily mean anything to them. But I don't know if you saw Peyton's freak out. Like the Mannings were getting into it. It's cool to see Eli and Peyton kind of go back and forth. And they were showing, they were calling plays in on the walkie talkie. And you kind of see how they're going back and forth verbally sparring with each other. Demarcus Ware was on the sidelines. Like there's, there's a lot that I was thinking you were going to take in this game and be like, Oh, that was, that was cool. No, I actually didn't yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. There, there are other things that, that, that I, I turned my attention to. I, 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 I was watching highlights, and it, it was like three games or something. They played three games of flag football, and in between games, they did like I don't pie eating contests or or they did I don't know no, what they were. No, doing. it wasn't a pie eating contest. I don't it know, was, but they were. It, it was the, the it was great strongman position for the linemen. No, well, they had like a catch thing where, where, where I, I don't know. I was just like, I that was on I mean, Thursday. That wasn't yesterday. I thought that was in the middle of the games because Pete Davidson was giving scores out or something. Oh, that was um greatest catch. It was like the that one was kind of dumb, but yeah, yeah it was like well, the, I mean, their version of the dunk contest. And I don't know why Pete Davidson was there. That never really made much sense to me. They but, didn't mic him up or anything. It really just yeah. it was just they, you know, yeah, you know, they you're just in had town. a couple of interviews with him. Yeah, and you're in you're, town, so just make sure. Right? Yeah. You dated, you dated uh, Kim Kardashian. You, you're famous enough to be here, right? Uh, no, and it, I think it's dumb. Like Tyler Huntley ended up playing well in that flag football game, which is ridiculous—a ridiculous statement that just came out of my mouth. Yeah, um, hence, number reason one, number one reason why I did not watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I will. I'm just saying if I didn't have high expectations. I did not expect to be sitting there watching it initially. It blew the expectations that I had for it out of the water. And uh, let's just go the, with that. The, that might the, not have said much. The only thing that, that I think saves this is you move it to the end of the season. You leave this week in between just a bye week where you can do the award show on a Sunday night or Saturday night. And you put the you put it back in a white. And you just have all the families go, and you play in the sand, and you do it in the sand. I think that's if you flag football in the sand, because I think that's the best way to do this. Because they're, they they do the uh, um, celebrity uh, uh, fucking Super Bowl or whatever the hell they call it, All Star Game um, um, on in sand. Why can't you do it with the NFL players? I, look, the sand people train in sand all the time. You're not going to risk an injury. There, there's better injury risk for playing on the the shitty turf most teams have nowadays. Okay. So that's not a problem playing in the sand and do it in Hawaii where the whole families can do that or do it in like California or Florida, where they can do good Disney world, Disneyland fucking doing it in Vegas does nothing, but have cases where Alvin Kamara, what we had with Alvin Kamara last year does nothing for anybody except give 21 year olds just free reign in Vegas. For no reason. And we could do it in Hawaii, where, where most of these players are, for the most part, are, have families and, and would love to uh, vacation to Hawaii free, where, where they can enjoy it a lot more. Instead, go to Vegas, where your kids can only go to what? The Excalibur show? 
<laughs> that that's about it. I mean, what other shows um, are they gonna go to? I don't think that they were they were picking that venue for the kids. I don't think they were picking that venue for the families. They were picking that venue for guys like you and me that were gonna. You know what? Let's go to a guy's trip to the Pro Bowl. I know the Pro Bowl sucks, but let's go there. Come on. Oh God! If I ever say that, Jimmy, please just shoot me in the head, okay? If I, if I ever uh, say that, guys, not, trip to the Pro Bowl. not until we get my trip to Vegas in. I need my trip to Vegas once every couple of years, otherwise I start to shake. I, I need that in there, especially now dealing with these kids. I I need a little bit of that moment moment to chill. Um, okay, I, I did not expect that, but I guess we're we're differing on, on that opinion. It was just an all star game, so it's not like it was earth shattering. Um, kind of cool to see Ray Lewis, Demarcus Ware, and those guys back around, but it, it could have been different. And I don't know. Could have been something different. Yeah. They, they so, didn't just sit around and continue to put out the same old shit, which is a lot more than I can say for some of these other professional leagues that we follow. <clears throat> Not going to name any names, but the NHL and the MLB. Excuse me. Um, you wanna, let's get into uh, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57. Um, let's see. I have, is it LVII? What is it? LVIV? I, I think it is. Fucking Roman numerals. LVII, yes, LVII. If you are a listener of the show, you know Roman numerals. Either A, you're one of Jimmy's students, or B, you're an absolute nerd, is all I'll say. Hey, por que no los dos? My kids can be nerds. I think that they're smart enough. Yes, it is Super Bowl LVII, and it's the Heinz Super Bowl. That's what I'm going to call this one, because Heinz 57, they have the commercial that's been going on. Ha, ha, ha. It's that's that's my dad joke for the week. But we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, sixteen and three so far on the season. Finished the regular season fourteen and three. Had a little bit of a scare down the stretch, but uh, we kind of talked before we we went live here. Talked about their biggest wins. We said Dallas uh, early on in the season. That was that was a big one because Dallas did end up being their next best competition in their own division. I know that the Giants went farther, but the Giants didn't. The Giants got to play Kirk Cousins. Giants were as far as the Cowboys. Yeah, so it doesn't even my my statement doesn't even mean anything. But they had big wins against Dallas. Tennessee was also still a playoff team at that point. They were kind of right in the middle of what ended up being an eight game losing streak to end out the season. And then the finale against the Giants to secure the number one seed. Your division games are important. Normally, you would hope not to have to play your guys in Week 17, but Jalen Hurts finally comes back. wasn't 100 percent healthy, but got the job done and uh, secured them the number one seed. So, what did you think about this Philadelphia Eagles team? And I guess the first question is, when did you first think of them as a contender to win the Super Bowl? Because I don't know if you thought of them as as being this good before the season. I, I mean, I remember specifically, what was it, the week three or four with when they played Jacksonville. And Jacksonville was like red hot at the start of the season. They do, dozed it off and then came back into the playoff picture. But I remember that week three or four matchup between them, and I was like, this could be two teams that are going to be very, very solid. I did not think the Eagles were going to were gonna dominate the NFC and, and just have literally no, no one to even combat them at all. Literally no one to combat them. Not a soul out there that, that, that even tested this team and the NFC. But this this team definitely started catching a lot of people's eyes. Um, I, I want to say when they when they became the last undefeated team left, I, I, this team was 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 hitting their stride with Jalen Hurts, and and Jalen Hurts showed that whatever he wherever he's been, he's been a winner. He's absolutely been a winner, and. And people, the belief was not the belief in this team was 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 very very similar. You knew the defense was going to be good. You knew the offensive line was going to be good. You didn't know what Jalen Hurts was going to do. You add in a, a a top fifteen, top ten receiver and AJ Brown to your team. 
good things will happen to the quarterback position. That's plain and simple. And and you look at what these this Eagles team added between the, AJ Brown and Hassan Reddick. It was two of the biggest offseason additions um, this season by far and away. Hassan Reddick worked his way into a position where he 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 had some votes for defensive player of the year, one or two, not many, but he had a couple, and he was in the conversation. He he didn't deserve to win it, but he was in the conversation. And this, the rest of this team, I'm just, I'm, I, I mean, they, they are just built from the middle out, right? You have the core, you have the guys that have been there to, to take you to the promised land, the Kelseys, um, of the Kelsey and Lane Johnsons, the world, and you build outside of that with new faces. This is a franchise two or three years ago that we were saying this is the biggest shithole in, in the league with the, with the Houston Texans. Who the hell wants to go get the Eagles job? They're tanking for, for, for Devontae Smith. Here they are two and a half years, not even years later, and they're on top of the world. They are on top of the world, and it has a lot to do with Jalen Hurts. Um, but that defensive line has been kind of what carried them. And even when they were banged up, like Jordan Davis goes down, and it was a joke at the time, but signing a vet presidents, a, a vet presence – that is still able to play and move people around in Indomitian Sioux. That was huge. Guy who's won a Super Bowl and has been successful recently. So you're able to not only add depth to your defensive line room position, which we've seen throughout this playoffs. If you can control the line of scrimmage, which I think that's what I'm going to focus on the most with, with these Philadelphia Eagles. When you can control the line of scrimmage, you're going to be very successful in the playoffs. Now I get they didn't have the best matchups and the Giants – probably shouldn't have been there and the 49ers had to play Christian McCaffrey at pseudo quarterback for a series and a half. So you did not get tested at all. Your offensive, your offensive and defensive lines are playing so well right now. You mentioned Hassan Riddick. I'm going to mention Jason Kelsey, not, not because it's the first time that he's playing his brother in the Super Bowl. kind of annoyed of that already, but you know, I had to get my obligatory barb in there. We had to say that this is a sports podcast. Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, that entire group, uh, Lane Johnson, they're playing so well right now that I think anybody could be playing quarterback and running back just in the running game and be very successful. Like you'll be a competent three yards average. And remember three times four, that's 12 yards. You get 12 yards every four plays. That's the first down. You get enough first downs. What did coach Cortez used to say? That's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. Yeah, so I think that they're in like the a, a, a great spot. You mentioned their wide receiver room got better, but that offensive and defensive line is what they leaned on to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots back in Minnesota. I mean, that was Brandon Graham causing a strip sack to to seal the game. You got you had guys like Chris Long on that squad as well. That's this is a tough physical group to go up against. I, I they're not going to be a slouch, even though they haven't necessarily been tested yet. And, and and take it what it is, right? Like the NFC obviously was far far weaker than the AFC. There's zero doubt about that. But everything that the that the Eagles are put in front of them, they demolished, right? Like like you could say you could say that the Eagles didn't face anybody, which they didn't. But everyone they were put in front of them, they beat. Everyone they put in front of you put in front of them, they beat and handedly to still point where Gardner Minshew has thrown more passes than than every San Francisco 49ers quarterback possible, basically. And this team has just been dominating everybody. And maybe it's because this team is that good. Maybe it's because the teams are that bad. But like I said, it's going to be a lot different story when you're you're facing the the best team out of the AFC, plain and simple. But this Eagles team, sometimes sometimes you need to kick the shit out of people to gain you some momentum. All I will say, though, 
is that a team that was this hot going into the Super Bowl back in 2014, 20 or 2012, whatever it was, um, was riding really, really high. Obviously, it was a lot differently built team, but they got their ass kicked beat mightily mightily in the playoffs or not in the playoffs in the Super Bowl 48 to 9 so all I'll say is be careful what you wish for if that happens in Philadelphia there's going to be a riot the likes this country has not seen they're going to have to throw in the National Guard if if that happens I don't I don't know I don't think that either team is necessarily going to run away with the Super Bowl which is kind of what makes me interested the most i have jalen hurt's stat line up there if you're watching on the youtube channel his 2023 regular season 3701 yards 22 passing touchdowns only six interceptions and 101.6 rating on the season he also had 760 rushing yards and 13 touchdowns this is i wanted to bring this up because i i heard joel Klatt say it and i think that the sentiment is correct you mentioned that he's been a winner everywhere he's been he's done it the right way at every single level He's gone, you know, at that incredible season. He was SEC freshman of the year. And then the following year gets pulled in the national championship game because he just flat out can't do it. He was not beating Georgia that day. And it was very evident. Tua gets lucky. Your defense steps up. You have a national title and then you get a position battle. And guess what? Tua wins again. What does everybody do in in today's college football? You hit that transfer portal. Before you're even off the field, you text your dad like, okay, let's go ahead. I I can't win here. I'm not getting the starting job here. Let's go. Doesn't do that. Sticks it out. Ends up having to go back in. Wins the Alabama Crimson Tide, the SEC championship that year. They lose the national title that season. I believe that was the Trevor Lawrence year where he just kind of went off and, and tore things up in the national championship. But then gets the graduate transfer, finds the guy who's going to make him the best quarterback in Lincoln Riley, goes is a dynamic player, Heisman finalist, drafted, sits behind uh, Nick Foles, and now we're sitting here like this is his team. He is a leader. He's among those quarterbacks like we were talking about, the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes. I think this season we'll we'll see how he follows it up because he hasn't necessarily hit these heights before. He might have put himself on that list of guys under 27 that are going to be, be leading these franchises. And Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, has has stuck with the Bama way, quote unquote. It's do your job, do your job, and let the players around you help you. There's one thing that Jalen Hurts has done so mightily well is use all of his weapons, use the Dallas Goddards, use Miles Sanders, use Boston Scott, use AJ Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, and company. He uses everyone around him and, and doesn't make the dumb play. He makes a smart play, and that's that's what has got his team to dominate every team that they played. Dominate. Um, when, you, when you play mistake-free football and you are just out talent the other team, it's hard to lose football games. I think so as well. It's it's difficult when you're able to just kind of sit back and let your system work. And I think we also have to give Nick Sirianni a little bit of credit because he knows how to work this team. And if you look at their record, which I have it pulled up on my other, other screen now, if you think back to how you felt about these Philadelphia Eagles after they lost to the Washington Commanders, like that was, oh, okay, they finally come back down to earth. They were 8-0. They were kicking the shit out of all these horrible teams. Well, now they got a horrible team that beat them. I say what you want about Taylor Heineke, but the Washington Commanders were not a good football team last season. There's a reason why they missed the dance, and they weren't the ones that backed, it, backed themselves into the playoffs. They come right back, and then they follow that up against the Indianapolis Colts, who everybody said they had already we'd already had the Colts' funeral by that point of the season. I believe that was after they fired Frank Reich, and they had just hired – 
Uh, I think it was the second week that they hired Jeff Saturday. And Jeff Saturday played them great. Like, I almost think it was a situation where you're playing against somebody who has no clue what they're doing, and you're like, I've never seen this before. I can't, I don't know how to stop it. This is just ridiculous. But they win that game 17 16, and they're, they're just finding ways to bounce back. They didn't lose more than two games in a row all season, and that was with their backup quarterback. Like, the way that they respond to adversity speaks to the culture that Nick Sirianni has now instilled in, in Philadelphia, which is totally different than when we were sitting on this podcast, like, Oh my God, Doug Peterson literally just threw a Yeah. Doug Peterson literally just threw a game. He, he just shaved points in American football on national television. This is incredible. It's, it's, it's unreal. And this Eagles team has, like I said, you can't help but love like, I think back to that 2019 was there or 2018, whatever went the year they won the Super Bowl. It's a yeah. it's a lot of the same, a lot of the same uh, um, characters. Uh, um, um, not not necessarily the same players, same numbers, same same last names on the back of the jersey, but same same build, right? Same build, defense heavy, run heavy, quarterback that doesn't do too much but makes a smart play, and the Eagles are replicating it perfectly and Howie Roseman has done a hell of a job making that team from irrelevancy back into relevancy. All right. I got a couple different questions for you and we're going to do this for both the Eagles and um, the chiefs. But the first question, and I'll throw it up on the screen, who's your underrated player. So you obviously have the quarterbacks, the, the running backs, the receivers, Who's your underrated player that needs to make an impact for the Philadelphia Eagles to be successful in, in winning their second Lombardi Trophy on Sunday? Uh, it's easy. It's Hassan Reddick. And I don't even know if it's an underrated player anymore. Th- this team has to get to Patrick Mahomes. Has to. And it's going to start with Hassan Reddick, in my opinion. If, if, if the Eagles want to have a chance to win this football game, you have to be able to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, and you have to keep him on that on that bum ankle, right? You have to keep him on that bum ankle. And I think Hassan Reddick, who's had – um, one of the best postseasons the Eagle, for the Eagles all all postseason. I, I think it's easy, and I have to go Riddick. All right. Well, Hassan Riddick is a good choice. And then my last thing is one thing that worries you, what's going to be the Achilles heel of the Philadelphia Eagles if they were to lose on Sunday to the, to the Chiefs and, and come up short of their ultimate goal? Big game, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'll say this: How does this team come back from from um, from a deficit? Right, domination. We said domination. How does this team respond from going down? Because we know what the Chiefs can do from behind. What happens if the Eagles get down behind? Right, maybe it doesn't happen. But 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 if if the Eagles get down, what is this team going to turn into? Will this team turn pass heavy? Will this team still go back to their bread and butter? And that's the run game. Uh, um, that's that's the big question here is when you have a deficit, what what will this team turn to? Will, will it will it say Jalen Hurts go win a football game, or will you stick to your guns and stick to what's got you this far? That's an interesting perspective. I mean, it, it's easy to be the front runner and the guys that are you know it's easy for Nick Sirianni to be making these stupid ass faces at the camera when you're beating everybody by thirty, but when you're down by fifteen, that's not going to be as cute it's not going to have the same effect. So I wonder if they're, they're going to be able to keep it up. I'm hoping for my sake that they will, because I just want them to, I know you probably do too. I just want to see the chiefs get pounded. It was so, I didn't, didn't savor it enough the last time that we saw the chiefs get pounded in the super bowl. And now I definitely need to see it because my team's going to be the one competing with them. Uh, we talked about them enough. Let's go ahead and start talking about the boogeyman, the Kansas city chiefs. 
They are also 16 and three on the season. They're the number one seed in the AFC. We go from having two four seeds last year to now two number one seeds. Um, and they do it in kind of a gutsy fashion. Comeback victory. Patrick Mahomes gets injured against Jacksonville in the divisional round. They're able to make it past there. And uh, obviously there, there was a lot that we talked about, about that AFC championship game. I'm never going to let that be. I mean, I'm not saying that that was the reason why the Chiefs did win. They they made the plays. They got in the position that they needed to. Harrison Bucker kicked them to the Super Bowl. Basically, same same thing that the Bengals did last season in the AFC Championship game. Just the roles were reversed. So we know what they did in the postseason. Their biggest wins of, of the regular season, the way I saw it, it was kind of just their division dominance still, beating the Chargers early on in that week two Thursday night football game, uh, coming back and beating Houston to kind of remain on track. If they lose that game, they fall into a tiebreaker with the Bengals, which Cincinnati had the uh, head-to-head victory. They would have had to play the AFC Championship in Cincinnati at that point. Mitchell said, "Well, however or, they would have figured that yeah, out. or however they would have figured it out, but it wouldn't have been in Kansas City if that happens. They come back, they win in overtime, and then beating Denver twice. Even though the Broncos gave them probably the two best games that they've had for the seven-year losing streak, that was still pretty big for them to be able to uh, hold on to that and and get the season sweep. So. Kansas City Chiefs. Nico, I know you see them quite often. I know that you're tired of hearing about them and having to talk about them because it's basically been this entire time that we've had the podcast. But what are, what do we need to know about the Red Kingdom? God. Well, first of all, their 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 fans are some of the fucking biggest weirdos in the world. Uh, um, there, if you don't if you don't watch a lick of football, go search Chiefs fandom, and you'll you'll find as many characters as the fucking black hole in Oakland. Is all I'll say. So. There was the first piece of a warning into Chiefs Kingdom. Um, secondly, look, this this team lost a lot of pieces. They lost Danny Sorensen, which probably was an upgrade, honestly. You lose Tyron Matthew. You lose Tyreek Hill. And this team is probably better, right? This team is probably better. Con Edwards, Hilaire gets injured. He's, he, 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 you don't have him all season. You have to go to a fifth-round pick in Isaiah Pacheco um, to, to lead you. Um, in, in the backfield, and then you have my receivers are a bunch of no names, right? Juju Smith Schuster was a second or third receiver in and 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 Pittsburgh or or first, however you want to see it. Marquez Valdez Scantley was the third receiver in 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 Green Bay. Um, you have all these names of guys. McCall Harbin was the third receiver last year for them for Pete's sake. You have all these dudes that that were just that were just castaways that that just that. Andy Reid said, "Okay, um, you're the land of misfit toys. Let me let me play with you. Uh, um, pause on that. Let me play with you and, and and make sure you know what you're worth to put you in positions to succeed with with the best quarterback this generation has seen. And I, I this this team is is an upgrade defensively from last year. I think that's one thing is they're much better defensively last year." Um, because they got corner depth, they got Legarius Sneed. Um, they, they did. Um, that was one thing in the offseason they did is they stacked up on corners in the offseason. Obviously, losing Matthew and Sorensen over the middle changed things, but they they stacked up on corners and they said, you know what, we're just going to have our dogs be our dogs, and that's exactly what they do. Um, you know what you're going to get out of Kelsey, probably not probably the best tight end in football right now. So I have a question. You know what you're going to get from Patrick Mahomes. But it's what Andy Reid will do with this football team that that, that scares you the most, right? Because you because you because you're like you know what? Maybe we can contain uh, Pastor Holmes for a series, right? Maybe maybe he gets hobbled and gets gets and get and gets wobbly for a series, right? 
Well, Chad Henry will step in and get a 98-yard touchdown drive because Andy Reid puts him in positions where he's going to be successful. It's it's, it's coaching. It's not coaching. It's, it's playing against um, 12 men on the field. It's the mind that's telling people where to go and how to read things and how to beat the other team on top of the players. And that's what you see in this Kansas City Chiefs team. You're playing 12 players at a time. And, and this team is just so, so smart with Spagnola, Bietami, and, and Andy Reid, one of the best coaching uh, um, um, three three coaches group, uh, whatever, how do you, trio, coaches trio um, in the NFL. Uh, and, and they just do an absolutely out, outstanding job of doing that next guy in mentality. Next guy in mentality. If Chris Chris Jones isn't doing you, you justice one game, very few times it has happened, um, Frank Clark is there to step up. If Frank Clark doesn't do it, Chris Jones can do it. If they don't do it, they go to George Karlaftis, the, 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 the first-round draft pick last year. They just have a shark tooth mentality, and that's what just makes them so damn annoying. Because you're like, man, this team could be dead. Patrick Mahomes is hobbling on one leg. How the hell are the Bengals going to lose this game? Patrick Mahomes can't fucking stand. And, and then here you have Andy Reid just playing games with, with running his team in circles around the other team. That was an unnecessary barb. That was <clears> – I know I'll give it to you because you made fun of the Broncos in, in your rant about the Eagles, but that one be, – the Bengals not being able to beat a one-legged Patrick Mahomes. I know. I hurts. can't so – the Broncos can't either, Jimmy. Okay? Not – look, look, look. I, well, I, no, I, that's the funny thing is the Broncos dislocated his knee. He didn't even come back in the game, and you guys still lost. We we, we, we could have a conversation that Patrick Mahomes on one leg is better than 75% of the quarterbacks in the NFL, okay? So, it's it's, it's really not that big of a diss, if we're being honest with ourselves, okay? Yeah. I would say I would take a one-legged Patrick Mahomes over a majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL still. Yeah, I think Houston would be drooling over one-legged Patrick Mahomes to be playing quarterback for them. I, I can see where you're coming from. I had their stats up on the board, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes' regular season, 5,250 yards, 41 touchdowns, 105.2 passer rating. He doesn't have to run a lot, but it, the way he's able to move his legs, but he rushes in the big moments, and in those big moments he's also got four four touchdowns on the ground. And then obviously you mentioned Travis Kelsey too. In this postseason, which is only two games, he has 21 receptions, 176 yards, and three touchdowns. That's like over nine nine catches a game because he's only played two so far. And I don't think that's going to slow down. I, I, you can game plan for it all you want. You might say that you had the linebackers or the safeties. <clears throat> I That Jacksonville game, he did. Like that 98-yard drive does not happen without Travis Kelsey being the safety blanket for Chad Henney and figuring out like he's going to find the soft spot in your defense unless you're covering him man-to-man, which good luck in that situation because he's bigger and more athletic than anybody that you have that can cover him. So he's going to be like a big X factor that if he goes off, then it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs being successful. I think there's a situation where they bottle him up too. They focus all their resources on Travis Kelsey, and then you're going to see Isaiah Pacheco and MVS and all those other guys that are out there on the edges like start to see some real potential. Like there's, you you said it. Andy Reid's going to just move the chess pieces where they need to go. He's not going to panic. It's going to be just like fighting a serial killer. There's nothing behind his eyes. He's seen everything before, and it's going to be like Nick Sirianni better bring his a game because Andy Reed is known and likely to just get inside the head of another coach. And, and to second down on this Travis Kelsey thing, I said, he's the best tight end in football. I'll go as far as saying he's the best weapon in football. 
any offense, any offense in the NFL gets so much better even if you add Travis Kelsey onto your team. The things Kelsey does, yes, is, it's a lot of things to kudos to Patrick Mahomes. But Kelsey dominates anyone you put in front of him. He's too, he's too big to put a safety on him. He's too fast to put a linebacker on him. He's too big to, and too strong to, to have a defensive tackle try to, or defensive end try to chip him. Anything you do with him, he has a he has a reverse Uno card to, to, to go against. And, and he is just unbelievable. He is the Gronk of this generation. And, 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 even, and I would even go a step further. Uh, look, Gronk was, was great because of Brady. Travis Kelsey has put himself into the conversation where if he does does this for another two, three years, look, he's 33 years old. That's another thing you can't forget about. He's 33 years old. He does this for another two, three years down the road. We can start having a conversation that Travis Kelsey could be the greatest tight end of all time. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say that. And it hurts saying that, considering I play this team twice a year. It absolutely hurts saying that. But the conversation could get very, very real real quickly because Travis Kelsey is that good and that much of a difference X factor. I, I kind of want to focus on their – they also have only three losses – uh, first one was week three at Indianapolis. I really don't even know what to say about that game. It was a 20 to 17 loss. All their losses were by, by five points or less. The Bills beat them 20 to 24 um, in Kansas City during the regular season. So that was when everybody picked the Bills and gave them the Lombardi Trophy this season. Then obviously the Bengals in December, they uh, they beat them at home 27-24 for the second year in a row, which kind of you know, if the season works out differently, we can talk about all that other other nonsense, and, and we all know the situation that happened, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But those three losses, does that tell you like anything? Obviously, never losing back-to-back games, that's impressive. That means that you always bounce back and respond. Um, does do, do those losses tell – maybe let's talk about that Houston game when they're going into overtime and, and should it be maybe playing down to the level of their competition. Does that Does that concern you at all with this Chiefs team? They consistently play to the level of their team, whether it be the whether it be the greatness of the Bills and Bengals or whether it be the shittiness of the Texans and the Colts. They play to the level of their competition because they know and re- at the end of the game, as long as you win, it doesn't really matter how close of a game you played Houston in week five, right? It doesn't matter unless, unless that's an L and it loses you home field advantage at the at the end of the season, which didn't because they won the game, right? It does not matter how you get there to them. The reason why all these close games against the Broncos, it gives me some hope thinking that we could beat them. But in reality, it's just them playing with us. It's them being like, hey, we don't fucking care about you. We're going to care about the next week's game, but we're going to do enough to beat you. And, 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 and because we don't have to do – we don't have to throw the kitchen sink at you every week. That's exactly what Andy Reid does. He doesn't have to do everything to beat you every week. He does the smart things and, and beat you enough where his, his guys can get out on skates and you can move on to the next week. That's that's the Kansas City Chiefs motto. And and look, and and to playing to the level of your competition, that's something that the Chiefs better do better than anyone. And that, that means playing down, but it also means playing up. Every big game, you know, the, more than likely, nine times out of ten, almost eleven times out of ten, in a big game, you want Patrick Mahomes on your sideline, and you want Andy Reid on your sideline. And if you don't, you're like, how are we going to stop them? That's plain and simple. When you play the Kansas City Chiefs, it is not a how are they going to stop us. It's a how are you going to stop them. 
I thinking about it a little bit more, I mean, we do a similar, I, I don't even know if it's playing the, the level of your competition in wrestling. When you have a guy that, you know, is going to not get a ton of work, you're wrestling, you have a really good guy and they're wrestling somebody who's not on their level, but they have to get the match in because you have to get your, your heart rate and like simulate the situation. You basically go out there and tell him like, don't do anything. Don't, don't pull off any moves like defend. You don't need to get taken down, but like do your stuff. Just, 30 seconds left in the period, I want you to score. So, like, you're simulating – you, like, give him simulated adversity. Maybe that's what Andy Reid does with this Chiefs team. Like, hey, guys, I'm not going to call a single run play on this series. We might go three and out and, and have the ball for a total of 50 seconds. You guys are going to have to figure figure this shit out. Like, goes over to Spagnola. Hey, I'm going to let, let it loose this series. If we fuck up, you're going to have to have our back. Like, that, that might be the situation that – the Kansas City Chiefs are, are thinking now that I'm just thinking about that from a different coaching perspective wouldn't be the worst thing, especially when you know that most of the teams in your division are have some weird voodoo. You have some weird voodoo that you're never going to lose to them. Like you can maybe take some extra chances and, and build your team and, and make sure your team is ready that way as well. I don't know if there's a, a similar thing that you do in basketball like you. Oh, yeah. The, the, you have to pass six times before you can take a shot or, or, or those those rules that you, that you make when you're playing a, a team that's lower than you. Yeah, I like like I said, the, the Chiefs just just know how to figure it out. That's just plain and simple. They know how to figure it out. That's why they've been to the AFC championship five years in a row. That's why after like, like look, t- t- think about this, right? Five, four or five years ago, Patrick Holmes, was the first round draft pick. Alex Smith was a pro bowl quarterback a pro bowl quarterback he led them to the playoffs and we were all saying alex smith is this dude right like like he he, he has all the, all the intangibles andy reed loves him andy reed loves him why do they draft you as a quarterback andy reed said eh, go have fun in washington play it simple he said go have fun in washington i i'm moving on from my all my pro bowl quarterback and taking a swing on this guy because this guy's that special. And I know the all, endless amount of opportunities I will have with this guy. And they have that gamble has paid off better than any gamble the NFL has seen in the last 10 years. And it was a gamble, too, because he's coming out of Texas Tech, which was an air raid offense, and nobody had been a successful quarterback coming from the air raid. But the stories that are always told on, on these NFL shows and guys that cover the, the draft – that Gruden was sitting in the lobby and like telling everyone who would listen, Andy Reid is drafting Patrick Mahomes at number 10 solely for the fact that everyone who has coached Brett Favre sees the intangible Brett Favre, like the talent that Brett Favre had inside of Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if anybody thought that he was going to be this smart and be able to just dissect defenses. I remember watching them. I think it was his, his first full year as a starter where like it was still kind of a little bit of a shock, but watching them on Sunday night football against the Bengals and they don't have a play called out of the huddle. They're just up at the line, and he's giving them different colors. And the, But depending on the color was whatever the defense was doing, and then all of a sudden it's 45-yard touchdown, and I'm sitting there scratching my head like, I'm, it doesn't even look like we're playing the same sport. This is ridiculous. It's playing chess when your opponent's playing checkers. That's 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 the motto of, of the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's that's how they've won so many football games. And to beat them, it's it's how how can I outsmart the 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 the, um, the Queen Gambit, Queen's Gambit over there, and Andy Reid. Yeah, the Queen's Gambit. That's that's not that's a pretty good one. Um, 
underrated player for the Kansas City Chiefs that you think needs to make an impact for them to to win their second Lombardi in this quote unquote dynasty? Maybe solidify the fact that it might be a dynasty at some point. We, we talked about him a little bit, but I think it's going to be a number that that a guy with a number that Kansas City um, thought would would have been retired with the with the last guy left. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco at number ten. I think Pacheco, like I said, he's a rookie. He's a guy that a lot of a lot of the attention is going to be on Kelsey. A lot of the attention is going to be on those receivers with Lajarius Sneed and company out there. Or, or sorry, sorry, not Jerry but the Eagles with James Bradbury and and Darius Slay um, trying to lock up the receivers. It's going to be on you. And if there's one quote unquote weak spot of this Eagles defense it's probably up the middle it's it's the middle it's the linebackers and, and it's not it's because you know how good the d-line is you know how good the pass rush is if Patrick Mahomes has that pressure Pacheco has the opportunity to get out in space and you have to be able to do what what was this Damian Williams or was it Darius Williams Damian Williams did when you beat San Francisco and that's be the smart guy and be the safety valve that everyone forgets about and then you just ball out Mine is going to be on the defensive side. If Willie Gay has a good game and is able to kind of keep a spy on Jalen Hurts and maybe make him throw a little bit more to win, I think that gives the Kansas City Chiefs even that much more of an opportunity to win because if you're forcing the Eagles to get out of their game where they want to just bully you and run the ball down your throat, I know he threw for 3,000 yards, but everybody knows he's Jalen Hurts is a much better runner than he is a passer. And that's not to say anything else other than the fact that that's just what he's always been. He relies on his athletic ability. He relies on his legs to get him out of trouble. So I, I think that if Willie Gay is able to kind of step up and, and hem him in, that might be uh, the best way to go. One thing that scares you about the Kansas City Chiefs, what's going to be their downfall and, and cause them to lose this game? Keeping Patrick Mahomes upright, right? We we, we talked about this, the the, the – dominance from the defensive line from the Eagles. If you can keep Patrick Mahomes upright, there's a good chance you're going to win this football game. Because, look, two weeks is a lot of time for, for that ankle to heal up for Patrick Mahomes. But if you you have Hassan Reddick, you have Ndamukong Stu, Stu um, staring down um, Patrick Mahomes every play, that offensive line, is and, and they struggle for the Chiefs, it's going to be a long day, plain and simple. That offensive line for the Chiefs has to match the intensity uh, of the Eagles' d- defensive line. Obviously, a lot more of the uh, um, focus will be on the other side of the football in the trenches with, with Kelsey versus Jones and, and, and Johnson versus versus uh, Frank Clark. But I, I look at it plain and simple. If the Chiefs can figure out how to slow down this Eagles' defensive line that's been dominant in this playoffs, they have a very, very good chance to win this game. But if they don't, boy, it could be a long day, and Patrick, and Patrick Mahomes could be laying on his back quite a bit because there's no one that has blitzed that blitzed more the NFL than the Philadelphia Eagles, and they will come at you. Yeah, uh, they, they definitely will. I think my thing that's going to scare me, I think it's what cost them the last Super Bowl that they were in. Andy Reid at some points gets in this weird, I'm just going to throw it because I want to throw it phase. Like we talked about after they lost to the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay was trying to force them, doing everything just to run the ball. Everything besides calling the run play in Patrick Mahomes' headset, they were giving them. They were playing everybody back, all of their coverage, and they were just lighting lighting Patrick Mahomes up, making him run all around. I think they said he ran for 200 yards just in the backfield trying to avoid the pass rushers after that game. And Andy Reid could have taken the easy thing and gotten the Bucks out of that tough defense, but he decided, no, I'm Andy Reid. He's Patrick Mahomes. That's Travis Kelsey, and there's Tyree Kill out there too. We're good enough that we're going to be able to beat this. And sometimes you just have to play the scheme that they're giving you. You're not always going to throw for 500 yards in the game. 
good, bad, or indifferent, whether you want to or not. This is about winning now. Like, don't come all this way just to lose. That sucks. I can tell you from firsthand experience. I know you know from firsthand experience getting having your team get all the way to the Super Bowl and then just to get trounced or just to lose in a in a shitty situation. Like, that's hard. Don't do that. And I think that's might be the one thing that this Chiefs team has before they lost to the Bucks. They had never faced that adversity. They had never lost in those big moments. Never lost the A or they they lost in the AFC Championship game, but Brady's retired now, so everybody wasn't worried about that. Hadn't lost in the Super Bowl since they got there. <clears throat> I think this team might be a little bit different, but that does scare me. Andy Reid sometimes likes to try and outsmart himself, and you just got to take the easy way. Sometimes the path of least resistance is that way for a reason. So I don't know if you have anything else that you wanted to say about Andy Reid and, and that kind of situation with the Chiefs. Do you agree with that sometimes they get a little bit too smart for themselves? I agree. I, I will agree to that. But I think, I think look, that's the, another factor in here is Andy Reid playing against his old team. Like like I said, talked about the Kelsey Bowl. This is probably the second biggest storyline that no one's talking about, right? It's, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's the team that, that dumped him, and you know that he's going to want to throw out all the firepower to, to own the city that, that deserted him after being one of the winningest coaches in that franchise history history at the time. And, and look, he, he would nothing, love nothing more than to embarrass the team that, 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 that's, that gave him his walking papers. Philadelphia likes to give people their walking papers. We've kind of been talking around it, but let's go ahead. The Super Bowl 57 matchup, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The line as it sits, we're recording this a little bit earlier on in the week because Nico's got to travel, and then I got plenty of other stuff that I'm working on too. It's regionals week for wrestling, so season's winding down finally. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Minus one and a half on Monday evening. The over-under set at 50.5. The line is in favor of Philadelphia. So Kansas City is now a betting underdog for only the second time in the Patrick Mahomes era in the postseason. Um, Nico, what is it about this game? What what are your main thoughts? What's deciding? Because I know you're going to be betting on this game. What's deciding which way you're going to lean with your money here? Look, look, I'm I bet with the team I'm gonna root for nine times out of ten for the Super Bowl. That's look nine times out of ten. I bet with who I'm gonna be rooting for, and I will be rooting for the Eagles because Pat Bowen said the best. You don't root for any success for division opponents, uh, any Super Bowl success. Plain simple, and and I I, I like the Eagles one and a half. I, I I think everything that I've seen from the Eagles shows me that they're ready for a big game. And they're ready for a big game. I think that the Bengals, or not the Bengals, sorry, the Chiefs uh, um, co- coasted their way through the Bengals. Coasted, the, like, like, like I said, didn't didn't spectacularly beat teams. They they played hard teams. They played to the level of their competition, which which is which is much better level of competition. But the Eagles just said, "I'm gonna fucking knock the shit out of you, and you're not gonna get up." And, and, and some trends for this game that's just really interesting. If you're a better like myself. Um, Six, ten, and nine against the spread are the Philadelphia Eagles, which isn't bad, which isn't great. On the other side, you have the Chiefs, who are seven and twelve this season against the spreads. Not great at all, at all, at all. At yeah, all. but you know, the, there's the factor that they have heavy lines because they're the this, better team. Because they're the better team, absolutely, I agree. Uh, and plus one and a half, it's basically a wash. You might as well pick the money line because one and a half is a wash, um, unless something crazy happens with a two point conversion. Um, so. And look, I, 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 I'm going to pick the Chiefs, or not, I'm not going to pick the Chiefs. Sorry, I'm not going to pick the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Eagles. Plain and simple, because I don't, because I, I don't want the Chiefs to win the football game. 
but I think that the Eagles have what it takes to win this, win the, win the, um, win the Super Bowl. I think they have everything. Um, I think they are more well-rounded than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have the star power, right? I think they have the dogs that that that, that can get you to the to the promised land. But I think the Eagles are the more well-rounded team defensively and offensively um, to match what that what Patrick Holmes is going to do. So I will be riding Philadelphia one and a half. Uh, do you remember how many points these games are worth for the Super Bowl round? The championship right. games were worth 20. So is it 25 now? 25, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're both picking the Eagles. We talked about this before we started recording. We're also going to pick three other prop bets, um, which we're going to go through. But I'm picking the Eagles because I think back to that 2018 season, and I, I remember it vividly because that was the first like little section where I was finally starting to get on the radio and have this – start this path of, of a- analyzing and broadcasting and being able to share my thoughts on the game with others that tune in and listen, which I'm grateful for. I know you are too. We, we talk about it all the time, but looking back on that playoff run, <clears throat> it was similar. Like they, the Eagles in the first round that they played, I don't think that they did have the buy, but the first game that they played, it was a little bit, you know, Oh my God, Nick Foles almost lost us that game. <sighs> okay, let's get on to this NFC championship. And, oh, shit, we have the red-hot Minnesota Vikings coming off the Minneapolis miracle. How are we going to pull this off? And then they just stomped the shit out of them. Same same way that we saw in this past NFC championship. This time, you don't have the close divisional round game. You stomped the shit out of a team that was playing a backup quarterback that you ended up knocking out. <clears throat> I think that they take it personally. Everybody says they haven't been tested because – They don't care like what you've been saying. They just want to hurt people. They go out there to win and to assert their dominance. That's why they run the ball so well. That's why Jason Kelsey has been the best center for the past 10 years. You know, there's some other guys that you could maybe put up there as well. But if if we're talking longevity, the man is probably about 36 and he's still playing at a very, very high level and leading that offensive line. And when he leaves, he's going to make have made Landon Dickerson into probably a generational talent at that position because the dude is just is different and he's leading that, that group the way that it knows how as a former center, I just can't not help but root for the guy. He's my favorite Kelsey brother. He's a guy that I used to try and play after. Um, and yeah, I, I just can't, I've been telling all of the kids cause they were, they came up to me. He's like, Hey, Mr. Pilato, you sad. I was like, yeah, but if the Eagles go out and beat the chiefs by 50, that'll make me feel a little bit better. I, I can take some that. solace into that. It will make people feel a lot better. Um, before we get to the, player props there are some trends that are non-eagles slash chiefs related that i think are very interesting so um first one teams wearing white jerseys have won 14 out of the last 17 super bowls can you name three jimmy um the chiefs when they beat the 49ers yep uh Let's see. It was two years before that. Okay. Which was 20. Oh, the Eagles. The, yep. the last time the Eagles won. Yeah, I'm stupid. And then the Broncos wore white. Oh, the Seahawks. Nope. Seahawks oh, were white. It was Broncos. Oh, yeah. Right. The Broncos were orange. Yeah. The other one the, is. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because the, the burnt orange just fucking. The Broncos yeah. can't win Super Bowls in orange. No, we cannot. Um, but the Green Bay Packers Super Bowl forty five against the Steelers was 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 the last. Oh one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the those are so and and just for reference, 
Chiefs will be wearing white. Eagles will be wearing green. Obviously, the Eagles are one of the people that – the two teams in this game are um, two, two outliers to this rule. Um, mm-hmm. so, so take with that what you will. Um, next one I have, the team with the, mo- the worst regular season record is 13-2 and two in the Super Bowl. Um, both teams, number one seeds, um, take with that w- with what you will. Obviously, the Eagles had the better, better record, quote-unquote. Um, they were the same. Oh, they were the same? Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. No, let's just completely forget about that one. Um, favorites in the Super Bowl, 36-19 and 19, straight up. Thirty. So that, that's a great trend toward the Eagles, which is which, which means Mo, Vegas isn't winning a lot of money on the money lines, which which means it could hurt a lot of people because seventy one percent of the money is on the Eagles right now. Um, it's just interesting. Um, let's see what else we got here. A team with five Super Bowl experienced players has won ten out of the last fifteen Super Bowls. Each team, obviously, I think yeah, all, I, I think all of these. All of these are about even. Our, our washes, our washes, uh, our washes. They're okay. both they're both the outliers to the rule. They both had a fourteen and three record. Here they we both go. Won a Super Bowl within the last six years. Both, both don't do this. AFC wins Super Bowls in February. Twelve and seven when the Super Bowls in February. Um, the, the AFC has been. AFC has been dominant and won six of the last nine. Very nice Super Bowls. Um, underdogs. Here, here's a, here's a halftime prop for you. Okay, um, underdogs are five and one in the last six Super Bowls with a male-led halftime, which means nothing because Rihanna is a uh, the halftime performer. So let's uh, let's scrap that prop bet. Um, thank you for for uh, sportsbettingdime.com for the irrelevant uh, 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 trends of the series. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, look, there's there's a lot of trends that 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 basically washed this away. Let's just let's just yeah. play it plain and simple. There's a reason why this is a one and a half game spread. Like it's it's it just means that these two teams are the best two teams. Look, I, I heard it best. Like if this was the college football playoff, these are probably the two teams, the one and two seed, um, going into the college football playoff. And it's the it's the matchup everyone probably wanted to see. We didn't want to see it. A lot of people didn't want to see. It, and the NFL is built a lot different. But on paper, it's the two best teams all all, all throughout the season, and you you have you have basically a wash in between two teams that are absolute dogs. I yeah, and I think one of the only other differences too. I said it. I didn't think that the Eagles were going to be this good. It was kind of around that time where they bounced back from the the terrible Commanders loss that I actually started to take them seriously. Um, but yeah, the, I thought the Chiefs were going to be just. It's tough not to see them in this position. So we're going to go uh, – we're adding in the prop bets. So if you don't know, I basic, this is what I like because before I understood gambling, this is the only gambling that I ever did. So there are – I'm looking at a list of 25 um, Super Bowl prop bets. So these are like the random ones. Just for example, the length of the national anthem in seconds is one of them. So we're going to pick – we, you said we're each going to pick three to go along with our game pick because that's how we're going to decide the uh, the uh, tiebreaker if we do because we both pick the Eagles. So I think there would be a little bit, you know, we, we wanted to make it a little I'm bit I'm already dead, here. yeah. I'm not picking the yeah, two I know. to win that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so uh, length of the national anthem. This year Chris Stapleton is the one who is singing it, so we get a, a country feel. The over-under is set at 122 and a half seconds. That's two minutes and two and a half seconds, or is my math wrong? 
That two, is two, yeah, two, minutes two, two minutes and two and a half seconds. Yeah. Um, um, first, first of all, some some weird more trends for you. This is a this is an actual stat. Country singers have gone over two minutes and fifteen seconds the last three times. I believe it was Eric Church and Carrie Underwood, and I think uh, there's there's one other one I can't think of the top of my head. But each one of those country singers have gone over. And Chris Stapleton is a guy. If you listen to him, he is not going to pick up the bass. Um, th- I will hammer the over in this. Um, I, I, I all points signs point to Chris Stable saying "fuck it" and be like, you know what? I'm gonna win my boy some money because in reality, this is one thing that that Chris Stapleton could win a lot of money on. He could be like, "Hey boys, um, let's let's throw like a million dollars on me taking going the over and just me take my sweet ass time." So it is hard to take the under on 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 national anthem props. So I'll go the over. This is also the third straight country singer in a row that we've had sing the national anthem. Oh. It was Mickey Guyton and then Eric Church the year before. But the, the country singers do have a long, proud history. Like the Garth Brooks did the 93 one. Uh, Faith Hill has done, did the, the one in 2000. So unfortunately, uh, actually, that was the year before Brady. So I, I'm going to – I'll let this be your, one of your prop bets. I'm going to go with a different one. Um Let's see. Yeah, I feel confident in that one. Keep it and picking that one. You picked the over, right? Yep, I picked the over. All right, so Nico's on the over, one hundred and twenty-two point five seconds. And I am. Let's see. Total quarterback sacks over under four and a half. I'm going to pick over four and a half quarterback sacks in the game. Just because these two, yeah, Hassan Riddick, Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham, oh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Willie Gay, quarterbacks are going to be, the quarterbacks are hunted in this game. So I'm going to say over four and a half quarterback sacks is one of mine. Uh, I, I do I do like that one. That, that 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 one has a lot of good weight against it. Four and a half is pretty low in my opinion. Um, yeah. Pretty low for for. Obviously, Eagles' offense line is very good, but it's two very, very good pass rushes. Let's see. Do you want the coin toss? Are you gonna Are you gonna go heads or tails on oh, the coin I'm toss? Not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not doing that. That's that's a fifty fifty shot. I, I, I'm yeah. going to bet tails uh, um, because I just like doing it, just to fuck around and do it. But but I'm not going to be putting this wager on it. But I will be putting real money on it. I guess that doesn't make sense at all. But 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 here I am. <laughs> Let's see. Um, First offensive play of the game, runner pass. I'll give you a couple choices. That one, team to score first. Uh, jersey number of the first touchdown, whether it be odd or even. Um, I'll, I'll do that one. Give me give me odd. Okay, so you're going to take yeah. the first touchdown score as yeah. an odd number. Because So so my, my options there, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, um, Boston Scott, Fuck, who else? That doesn't give me Juju, um, McCole Hardman, Patrick uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Valdez Scantling, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, give me, give me odd, give me odd on that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, now that you that we that we talked through your logic, your logic is sound. I thought you were just plucking that from the air. I was like, oh yeah, give me the odds. Well, well, oh. well the two main ones I thought about were AJ Brown, and Travis Kelsey, and both those. Yeah, are odds. yeah. Um. Will a team score three consecutive times? No, that's I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say that. You think yes? 
No, I, I was I was gonna say no. I'll go. I, I'm gonna say the Chiefs score first. I'm gonna pick the team to score first. And I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. So that's one of mine. Do you agree? Disagree with that? I mean, the Chiefs normally get out to a hot start, yeah, so I feel yeah. like that's a pretty pretty solid one. I will say though, the Eagles win a toss. I, I feel like Sirianni would fucking take the ball. They all do. No, they do. That's what they. Because yeah. I remember listening to the NFC Championship game, and after the radio announcer got over the fact that the Giants were called Big Blue and they had more red than blue in their uniform, he's like, "No, but the Eagles normally they actually take the ball down down the field and score. They they always pick. You know, analytics say you should pick defer, but we we like to take the ball and put it into the end zone." Um, I don't know what the truth is anymore about that statistic. Yeah. Let's go. You want total turnovers, number of challenges initiated by a coach. Uh, will there be a mixed, missed extra point? Oh, or do you want the color of Gatorade bath? Uh, see, see this, I think the color of the Gatorade bath should be the tiebreaker. So, so, so if, if we end up in a tie somehow, whichever color we pick that's closer on the wheel, or if either one of us gets it right is the winner. So the way that that one works is it's either clear or any other color. Oh no, that's yeah. no fun. That's I no know. fun. I no, <laughs> it's, um, every, it's any other color. It's not going to be clear. Well, okay. So then let's pick a color. What, what do you this think? Is, what do you, this, are, are, this are the Chiefs break. going red on the sideline? No, they, they they never go with the color that's the same. Um, I remember, I think, what was it, purple last year? What was it? I, I don't know. I, I, they never do the color that's the same. I don't know. I was teams. crying, Nico. I, I, I turned I know, it off at that I point. Know. I know. I know. Um, I, 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 I honestly want to lean orange. I'm going to lean orange here because neither team wears orange. Um. And fuck it, I'll go orange. I don't know. Orange seems like a flavor that that the Chiefs would drink, and maybe the Eagles would too. Okay, so give, me, uh, give me orange. I'm gonna go with cool blue that's, because that's good. That's a Nick good Sirianni just he screams, "Guy that's at the gas station, like, why the fuck aren't you getting the blue one, dude? Blue's the best." Like, just sometimes I like other colors. Okay, I don't have to get the same one every time. And then Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes, like Andy Reid, just wants to drink the cool, the blue colored Gatorade. And Patrick Mahomes is like, "Cool blue, I'm pretty cool." Damn, we'll come up there. So I still have I'm to pick cool. one. Do I still have to pick one more? Yeah, I only have two. Get, get, mm, read, read I, I only have two. Oh, I think because we'll, that's four picks. Yeah, yeah. that's four yeah. picks for each of us. And each one, if, if we get it, that'd be hilarious if we both get all of our prop bets and it comes down to just the Gatorade bet. Gatorade color. No, if, it, if we all get it all correctly, you win. I have to win yeah. both of these. Yeah, so. yeah. Might be funny if I if I won the Gatorade bet. bet and, and that's it, what I'm, Yeah. If you win all your props and I lose one of one or two of them and then you win the Gatorade bath, that's – that means that I'm just cursed at this point because that's cursed. no pickums that I've ever won on this show. The, the, all signs are pointing towards you winning this. Is all I'll say. <laughs> I, I all signs pointing to the Bengals making the Super Bowl too. I, I don't know about that, but but but, but I mean it's, they were right uh, there. They should have. They were they there. They were scored. there. They were there. Right. Um, anything else that you want to throw out there? Do you have any other uh, betting stats? Anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap things up and? And get ready for the rest of the week leading up to up to the big game. You realize that if we were advertising for a uh, sports betting company to, right now, that we wouldn't be able to use the word Super Bowl. The, the NFL yeah. has that trademarked. I know the big game. 
Quote, the big game. The big game. That's what you can call it, the big game. That's how that's how weird it is. Yeah, they always yeah. go, if you're a football fan, you know the big game is coming up. I'm like, just just, just call it that. Just look, look, I'm about we uh, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Just you don't own everyone the English knows language. what you're talking about. Everyone knows what you're yeah. talking about. Take it easier. Um, but no, look, Broncos country, don't fucking pick the Chiefs. Plain and simple. If you pick the Chiefs, you're 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 doing the service to Mr. B. It's all I'll say. Um, so we ride with the Eagles. All right, I'm riding with the Eagles as well. Uh <laughs> I still have some bitter – now that I see these in here every time, I still have some bitter feelings. Oh, oh and then God. look what I found. Look what oh, I found. Oh, I got to cry so that I don't laugh. I got to laugh so I don't cry through the pain. Um, this has been episode 126 of The Far Under the Bench. Make sure if you're not already subscribed or followed, do that at FEOTV Pod. Leave a like on the video. Leave a comment. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting apps as well. Tell a friend to check us out. Every Thursday, new episodes drop. And we will be doing one live episode per week uh, or per month, excuse me, moving forward. So we're going to have plenty of stuff going on. The guy that does our intro music, I'm talking to him now. I'm going to get a date set down. He might be able to even play our intro song live on the show, but we're going to be able to talk to him, have an interview because it's been a while since we had one of those and it'll be a little bit different out there, but a lot of good stuff coming up. And after the Super Bowl, we got to get into NHL, NBA, playoffs right around the corner, March Madness. March is only three weeks away, Nico. I'm fucking scared. Hey, we sleep in we, we, we don't sleep till we don't sleep in March, Jimmy. Remember? We we, we, do, we sleep, sleep in we sleep in June, except we have to wake up. We have to set a weird alarm and watch the NBA finals, and then we can go to sleep. And then we go to sleep. Yeah, September. You know, and it all starts over again. Yeah, it's oh, it, right. oh, uh, we don't sleep till don't sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah, just hour. never sleep. Sleep is overrated. You don't need it. Um, be sure check us out uh, for myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, uh, presented by the Variety Sports Network. We are the far end of the bench. Episode 126. We will see you guys next week. Peace. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football, and I'm your host, Brad Fowler. On this show, I'm going to drink beer and give you my opinions and discuss the latest news around the NFL and college football every week, from the NFL draft all the way to the Super Bowl. Not only will you hear my takes, but I'll bring on media professionals from places like ESPN, NFL Network, CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports, and many other media outlets in order to bring you the most informative and entertaining football podcast out there. Don't believe me? Well, PGF has over 400 ratings and reviews and is ranked inside the top 1% most popular shows in the world, according to ListenNotes.com. The podcast is available at PintGlassFootball.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So become a member of PGF Nation and hit that follow or subscribe button right now.